Hello, welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Dana Osman, here with my friend and Chabruta Aaron Gordon. Our daf today, Masachat Nidarim, daf Nun Chet, page 58. Well, as explained yesterday, we're in the middle of a very long discussion about whether or not forbidden food can actually become permissible. And the case that they have is about a Shemitah onion um, that gets replanted and grows and whether or not, you know, it gets, re- you, so you picked an onion in the seventh year, you replant it in the eighth year. And if the growth becomes more than what the onion, the seventh year onion, the Shemitah onion was, can you say that that whole uh, food becomes permissible or is it just the part of it that grew in the eighth year that is permissible? Is any part of it permissible? And so the Gemara is going to bring other halachic scenarios to say, can you find a proof for other areas in halakha where we say that a food that was once forbidden after growing a certain amount actually becomes permissible again. And so on the bottom of the previous step, they quote a brisa to maybe bring as another proof. Elamin hadas. So here the proof could be from here. Ditanya, we learned in a brisa. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, any item for which there are uh, any way to sort of permit it. Kagon tevel, for example, tevel. So tevel is food that maser and truma was not taken from, right? But you can just take the maser and truma and then, you know, it becomes basically, um, then it basically becomes, uh, you know, becomes fixed, right? Or maser shani. So remember, maser shani is the maser that's taken during the first, second, fourth, and fifth years of a seventh year shemitah cycle. It has to be eaten in Yerushalayim or it can be redeemed for money, which then is taken to Yerushalayim and spent on food. It can't be eaten outside of Yerushalayim. So let's say it becomes mixed with other food. Everything about it is forbidden, right? But you can fix it by redeeming the Master Shani in the, in the mixture. So again, all of these were listing things that even if they become mixed with something else, right? The Tebel becomes mixed with something else. You just take Truman Maser and then you basically fix it, right? The same is true with Hegdesh, right? That's something that's consecrated to the temple. If it becomes mixed with another item, the whole mixture is forbidden. But again, you can redeem part of what the value of the consecrated item was and then you fix it. The Chadash, okay. So Chadash is, is that you cannot use the new crop of grain until the Korban Omer was brought in the temple in the Beit HaMikdash on the second day of Pesach, we learned this in Vayikra, when there was no Beit HaMikdash, the second day of Pesach itself just allows the new crop to be used. But let's say the, for the new crop, before it's allowed to be used, becomes mixed with something else, right? All of that food is forbidden, right? But it would only become permitted once the Omer is actually brought. So lo not nu behem chachamim shior. In these cases, the Chachamim didn't give a shiur for when it becomes uh, nullified in a mixture. In other words, even the smallest amount prohibits the whole mixture because all of these scenarios have a way that you can fix it. So we don't say that, let's say it's one one hundredth of the mixture, right? We don't say, oh, we don't worry about the, the amount that's forbidden because it's such a small amount. We say, no, you can go ahead and fix it. There's a way to fix it. So we don't we don't consider it as a type of forbidden mixture where the forbidden amount, because it's so small, becomes nullified because actually there's a mechanism in which to save that mixture. But anything that you can't fix, 
Kagon Truma, right? Truma, it's not like you can redeem it. Once you're just not allowed to eat Truma at the fair. Utrumat Maser, right? Trumat Maser was the um, Truma that the Levium had to take from what they received from their Maser. The Chala, right? That's the portion you took off of bread for the, the Korban. Orla, which again is you can't use the fruit of a new tree for the first three years. The Kilei HaKerem or Kilayim of a vineyard. Remember that's when uh, different seeds are mixed together, right? Nanubahem Chachamim Shior. These are cases where there's no way to fix it. So there is an actual shiur where if it's less than that shiur, we say the forbidden piece just, it, it's as if it doesn't count. Amrulo, so the Chacham said to Rabbi Shimon, but Shmita also has no remedy. And also for this, the Chachamim didn't give any kind of measure. So in other words, any amount of shmita that's of, uh, of a shmita product that's mixed in, it automatically becomes uh, it becomes uh, prohibited. So the Gemara actually interrupts this brisa, right, uh, to to bring the source for this. How do the rabbis know this? Ditna we learn in the Mishnah, osrot kol right? Any type of shmita prohibits in any amount when it's a mixture with its own kind. Um, and so what the Gemara basically assumes here is, is that when you have a, a mixture of a small amount of Shemitah produce that goes into a container of some type of food that is allowed, that's the same kind, or was from a pre-Shemitah uh, herb that was replanted in a Shemitah year, any amount of Shemitah in it basically makes that whole mixture asur. Then they continue with the price here. Amr Lahen, Rabbi Shimon says to the rabbis, so he said, no, I say this, this rule only with talking about removal. In other words, when we talk about consuming the mixture before the time of removal, right? And so what this means here is, is that this rule that we learned about, about Mishnah Wishvi, um, Rabbi Shimon basically says that he understands this uh, to mean that it's before the time of removal, meaning that you can keep Shemitah as long as the fruits of that, the produce of that species are available in the field for an animal. Once that type of produce disappears from the field, it has to be removed from the home as well. So in other words, you can have that kind of food around, but as soon as it's no longer available in the field, like that kind of Shemitah, whatever that produce was, isn't growing anymore <clears throat> and it's not around, then you you it's called Zman Habir. You have to get rid of that Shemitah and it's not allowed to be used at all. So what his point is, is that since before that time of removal, before the time of, of Beer, the, the Shemitah can actually be eaten, right? So if Shemitah gets mixed in with something, gets mixed in with something else, right? It 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 doesn't actually become it doesn't actually become nullified in the mixture because you still could technically eat it. But with eating it, right? When we talk about eating Shemitah after this Zman Habir, right? When the Shemitah now becomes totally forbidden, right? He Rabbi Shimon holds that it only is if it gives flavor to whatever that mixture is. In other words, if there's enough of it, that it would give flavor to it. Now, this is, I just wanted to sidetrack. I thought this was a very interesting Mishnah 
the Mishnah is ultimately going, the Gemara is going to reject this as a proof, right? Right, that it's going to say it's different because there's a particular Chumrah here that's different than the six-year onion that we were, that than the onion that we were talking about before, um, the Shemitah onion. But I, I think this Brisa gets into a lot of, it's just a good summary Brisa. It really gets into a lot of different halachic categories of forbidden food. So we see there's all different ways that produce can become forbidden. And it also teaches us something interesting about Shemitah, which again, and we've talked about this many times, that there's no um, Zra'im, there's no Bavli on Zra'im. And Zra'im is the Seder that deals with this, the one, the first book of the Mishnah that deals with all the laws of agricultural law. We don't have it in the Bavli because you didn't keep that agricultural law in Babel. We have it on the Yerushalmi because you did keep that agricultural law. So this is a great example of where that law gets interwoven into the Bavli itself. So we learned a lot of things about Shemitah here, right? That the Shemitah produce is allowed to be eaten as long as it's sort of still in season. Once it's not in season, then we have this process of Zman Habir where it actually needs to be taken out. So I hope just by spending a little bit of time on this brisa, again, it's not talking about our overall question about whether or not forbidden food can actually become permissible at some point. But by spending a little bit of time on this, you know, we learned about a lot of different types of forbidden food and also some special halachot about Shemitah that we don't normally have an opportunity to learn in the Bavli itself. I'm also thinking that we shouldn't even be surprised at this kind of sidebar anymore, right? Because, you know, we talked yesterday about the fact that there's a tangent going on, but the tangent is still in the context of things that are prohibited to be eaten or the question of what's prohibited to be eaten. And so it's not being prohibited by a vow, but it's in that category of prohibited food. So, of course, we're going to talk about it here. And I think you're completely right that the topics that don't really have dedicated bavli need to be fit in somehow, right? They, they're still relevant, you know, right. at least they're to some still degree. interested in them, but it's just going to fit in in a different way. Right. Okay, so I'm going to go on. I'm picking this up on Amabet, where we're going to see a different kind of possibly prohibited food item. So if somebody goes to weed, um, I'm sorry, are, we're going to define them to be, it's not exactly clear what the term is or what the, what the origin is, but it's the language that seems to be for the word root, which nowadays I guess means lettuce, but it, it's the foods that grow under the ground and it's most commonly used to mean bulbs, right? Like onions and uh, I don't know what radishes things like that where the the reason that you would eat this food is the part the part of the food that you want that you care about is grown under the ground so I'm going to somebody who is weeding these chasayot with a kuti we've talked about the kuti before these Samaritans who are kind of you know they're they appear in the background quite often especially when we get to issues like Truman and Maestro because they're not considered reliable for issues of tithing, for example. So now what's going to happen? You're to get your weeding together, right? Now what happens? You could have a snack, you know, from, you know, at that time, as you're doing this weeding without actually taking the tithes. Um, because the halacha is that you could have untithed food, um, you could eat it in the context of a snack, 
Achila Arai, whether you call that a snack or a casual meal or a temporary meal, right? As opposed to sitting down to food, it seems to be like they're out in the field or out in the garden anyway, right? Pulling these foods. Omasran Vadai. And then what happens? You finish, you know, pulling up your chasayot and you put them in a pile. And now, once they're like kind of already set aside to be a pile of food as opposed to as you go, right? Now they're in a pile. Now you take your 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 tithes off of them, and because they the food itself is definitely obligated in the tithing, and you don't treat it as suffix. It's not that it's considered doubtful. Has this been done or not? It definitely needs tithing because the presumption is, and it's just a given that the kuti did not do any tithing. Um, I, I want to just clarify what I said about the temporary eating or. Is a poor is a poor or a snack. What it really means is, as you're as you're going through the field, as you're going through the plants, and if you snack as you go, I don't know how many people are doing that when they're you know pulling up onions, but certainly you know think about strawberries or cherries or apple picking or that kind of thing, and people do right. You're allowed usually to have as you go um, in terms of paying for it here too. You're allowed to eat it. It's not considered something that's liable for tithing. So the question is this, the chasayot that are, they're owned by a Jew. Now, what happens when that Jew is considered to be not so religious and is considered suspect in their observance of Shemitah? Um, again, not to guess dispersions, right? This is somebody who's known to be maybe not so careful with Shemitah. So the the position here is that after the Shemitah is completed, then you could weed with them, mutar, right? Meaning then you could you don't have to worry that the the concerns about the Shemitah year carry into the after Shemitah year. I Meaning it goes back to you're not worried about this this Jew not tithing, apparently. You're only worried about the Jew not keeping Shemitah properly. Shemitah gets more complicated, I guess. So the Gemara says, are we saying here then that the things that are permit, permitted, the growth in the eighth year, does that cancel out the prohibition of the Shemitah? Right? Why aren't we concerned about the the growth of that year that still should be considered Kadosh, it should still be considered holy? Maybe this whole claim about that you don't have to worry, but you could weed with the person who's not so careful about Shemitah, maybe the, the position there is saying that we're talking about something where the seeds stop growing after it's already sown. So the Kamara says, well, no. No, it can't be that this is something that stops growing, you know, and therefore that's why it's okay. Because we're talking about chasayot, and what is chasayot? We have a bright that specifies chasayot are a room, right? A room itself is um is what do we think a room is? I had a note to that effect, and I oh here it is. A room is considered loof. Loof is considered um it's got a it's its actual Latin name is translates to be Palestinian a room. So it's not so helpful. But the point of it is that it's a bulb in the ground and has large leaves and they sprout and we you know I don't know whether we eat this in any form or if anybody eats this in any form at this time. Um, but I, 
it does seem to be that if you cook it, it would be edible. And it does seem to grow wild, you know, at least in some parts. The point being, again, it's a bulb that grows under the ground. And also on the list, garlic and onions. And garlic and onions, they, they, the seeds don't stop growing, right? It continues to grow. You have larger onions, that's all. Vadilma bim duchanin. So the Gemara says, well, maybe the Tana is speaking about the plants that are crushed when they, as they sprout, right? So think about, I guess, certain kinds of beans do that, right? Like you plant a bean, and then by the time the bean becomes a plant, the thing that was a bean is no longer there because it is kind of, I don't know, pushed out roots instead. So the Gemara says, we're talking about somebody who's, you know, not careful or is wor- we're concerned that they might not be careful about the Shemitah year. So, you know, like, don't worry. Don't You don't have to go further to say that here's somebody who would not bother to get out of this prohibition by crushing the, the seed itself, right? Meaning you, you don't have to take it that far. So the Gemara says, well, maybe the, the writer was talking about somebody who is talking about a, a mixture, a mixture of chasayot and and other things. And so the Gemara says, I'm in a kesh katani. The Gemara says, no, we're talking about weeding. right? Once we're talking about weeding, and you're saying that maybe you're going to eat as you go, right? then we're not worried about chasayot, about these bulbs getting mixed up with other things. So the, the Gemara goes on to say, So maybe all of this is a refutation of Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yonatan, what had they said? And this goes back to your dinner, what you were talking about, that regarding orla and other food crops in the vineyard, right, where the growth doesn't cancel out the prohibitions. Um, and so maybe that's what's going on here, where there's, there is a limitation on the Shemitah prohibition, meaning if you are suspicious of a person of not really keeping Shemitah, but once you get to the after Shemitah year, then you're okay. I'm a Rabbi Yitzchak. Shenya. Uh, Shvi'it. So Rabbi Yitzchak says that the Shemitah year is different. Shanya being like Shoneh. Uh, right? It's different. Ho'il v'isura al yadei karka. Because the prohibition is really about the ground. It comes, it's what grows in and from the ground. Bateleita nami al yadei karka. And so therefore, when you're going to cancel out that same prohibition, it's also going to be via the ground, right? So that we're going to say... Um, once you are no longer worried about the growth in this, you know, during the Shemitah year, then you're okay, right? Like the growth that would come, let's say, if you would replant it, that same thing that is now prohibited, you replant it in a permitted manner, you could, you'll end up with a situation where you have canceled out the prohibition. So it's still, I think, a little bit, um, for all that the Gemara goes through, all these suggestions of what it might really be, you know what might really really be addressing and then it rejects each, each of those i'm not sure that its final suggestion here is in fact um smoother or clearer but such as it is well tomorrow we're going to see how they're going to conclude this entire discussion uh we're going to end the parrot tomorrow but it, it's kind of amazing to me how long this particular topic is really getting schlepped out for like it's rare you see a topic dealt with for so long, but we'll, we'll see if they come to a conclusion tomorrow. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us reviews on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP and our Talking Down with Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.